When you drive the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power, you can stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see yourself behind the wheel of the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Kia received the fewest reported problems among all brands in the J.D. Power 2022 U.S. Vehicle Dependability Study based on 2019 models. See jdpower.com slash awards for 2022 details. Welcome to the RPGBot.News. I'm Randall James, and with me is Tyler Kamstra. Hi, everybody. And Ash Eli. Welcome, peasants. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to explain myself. That's it. That's, it. that's, that's an auspicious greeting. Okay. Not a peasant. Tonight we have a special guest with us, Ben Byrne. No, I'm definitely a peasant. That, 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 that is my trade. <laughs> okay. That's, that's fair. Well, Tyler, do you want to introduce a peasant? <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. Yes. Um, hi. So tonight we have Ben Byrne on with us from Ghostfire Gaming. Uh, for those not familiar, Ben is the creative content director at Ghostfire. He is a host of the Eldritch Lorecast. And, you know, we're here to talk tonight about Ghostfire Gaming, what they have going on, recent projects, their current Kickstarter for uh, Enchanting Emporiums. And also the recent announcement about Grim Hollow Layers of Atharis being on D&D Beyond. So, you know, there's a lot to talk about tonight. And we're very excited to have you here, Ben. Thanks for joining us. No, thanks for having me. So for those who aren't familiar with Ghostfire Gaming, you guys are most well known for your Grim Hollow expansion to 5th edition. Is that right? Yeah, Grim Hollow is our sort of, we call it our flagship setting that we're, we're as you said, most well known for. It's our dark fantasy D&D 5e setting that's meant to kind of ground the game a little bit more, make it feel grittier and more morally complex, more dangerous through a couple of mechanics that we introduced through our Grim Hollow core books. But we've also got, you know, a bunch of other settings. Dungeons of Drakenheim, authored by the Dungeon Dudes, uh, we publish, which is a really fantastic uh, adventure module so far. And their mo- a setting book, Sebastian Crow's Guide to Drakenheim, is actually close to being fulfilled, I believe. Uh, from Kickstarter last year. Twisted Taverns, which our current Kickstarter, Enchanting Emporiums, is a sequel to, people might know as well. And then a yeah. few sort of smaller projects as well. XP to Level 3 did the Questonomicon with us publishing it, uh, which is a great little intro. Like if you're trying to introduce new people to the hobby, it's a great kind of series of adventures that are really customizable from levels 1 to 3. So yeah, we've got kind of, for a company that's only been around for, I think, maybe four years now, we've, we've got a fair bit under our belt, not just saying. <laughs> yeah, made quite a name for yourselves. That's, that's, a, that's a reasonable achievement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to ask the question, so you described Grim Hollow as being, yeah, a little bit more grim. It's on the nose, but well-named, mm. right? A little <laughs> bit more gritty. I, I love the idea of, of realism. And what I'm assuming when, when you say that authentic, like morally questionable experience is more that like mm. all of the morally reprehensible things that people are doing actually have consequences. And I love that. I'm here for it. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I'll ask the question for, for a lot of the other games or a lot of the settings, a lot of the, the, the content that you've produced, is it all kind of in that grim space 
No, def definitely not. Grim Hollow certainly is. Drakenheim kind of sits along there as well. Drakenheim's very sort of eldritch horror, Cthulian horror, and very purple horror. It's got a really distinct visual style that I really like. But the Questonomicon, which I mentioned a moment ago, certainly isn't uh, horror-themed exclusively. It does have some kind of spookier adventures in there, but they're not trying to accomplish that same uh, moral complexity or, or high emotional stakes that, that Grim Hollow is trying to accomplish necessarily. And then Enchanting Emporiums, our current Kickstarter, is a series of shops. I think there's 15-plus Emporiums in there that you can drop into any campaign. I was really fortunate I actually got to work on a, a traveling trader who is from Grim Hollow. So there are Easter eggs within that book for fans of our different settings. That's cool. Uh, in fact, we, we unlocked a stretch goal to have uh, the dungeon dudes put Aldor the Immense from Drakenheim in there. But we also have like a cosmic pet store, uh, which was written <laughs> by Logan Reese. And we have uh, yeah. a, a fairy pixie that runs a, a plant store, a greenhouse that grows magic items like shields and... Uh, one of our, one of my favorite ones, I think, is called a melon for your melon, and it's just like a cutout watermelon that you put on your head, and it gives you like plus one to AC or something. But uh, yeah, very. Uh, I do it for that. Yeah, we're trying to cover all bases, you know. So essentially, like what you guys did with Twisted Taverns for taverns, you're doing now with emporiums and shop. Exactly that. So the seeker who is uh, Logan Reese's creation from the RuneSmith mm. YouTube channel is this cosmic entity that kind of, you know, dances through the multiverse. And they appeared in Twisted Taverns kind of as the, the through line for that adventure. And now they're, they're back basically with the, the Emporiums. They're the cosmic pet shop, uh, I can't think, I think it's called The Seeker's Big House maybe, was written by Logan. And that's kind of The Seeker's Shop where they've, traveling through the multiverse, collected a bunch of these different animals and cosmic creatures and monsters together and now you can purchase them to to accompany your party if you wish and then the book just a quick shout out while i'm giving people shout outs is to james hake who was the lead designer on enchanting emporiums he's written blackbird who's a kind of a feyish capricious creature who shows up right at the entrances of dungeons and might have exactly what you need when you need it but you don't pay Blackbird in gold necessarily. You might uh, pay him in promises or packs or things like that. So like I said, it's a, it's a real menagerie of different things. So I, I want to walk through kind of the experience. I, I buy Enchanting Emporiums. I'm mm -hmm. a game master. Mm -hmm. I'm getting ready to like homebrew the next arc in what I'm running. How do I mm -hmm. use the book? So it's designed that it can be used really modular, uh, modularly, I think would be the, the word. So you can just kind of drop these emporiums or these traveling traders who are kind of smaller, more uh, encapsulated single characters into your campaign, anywhere that, that makes sense to you. And so, for example, the hedgerow, which is the bramble, is the pixie that runs the hedgerow that I mentioned earlier. You know, you could drop that into some sort of fantastical city if you're playing in the Forgotten Realms or something. You know, it could be on a, a back street of, of Waterdeep or on the outskirts or something like that. But I actually wouldn't be against running that in Grim Hollow as this just kind of you're wandering through this wilderness. It might be like a deep forest or something and you haven't seen civilization for days and you're desperate and you're, you're running out of equipment and then you just turn a corner and there's a glittering greenhouse just in the middle of this forest you know there's something really ethereal about that just showing up so it's designed that you can drop these things you know literally into into any setting that you want to you might you know with 15 plus full shops in there you might get full use of the whole suite in one campaign 
or you might kind of pick and choose, you know, what makes sense in, in different settings or different campaigns. So hopefully you're getting kind of repeat use out of it over time. The other thing that each Emporium comes with is NPCs and quests that go along with them. So the, the idea is that they're full adventure locations as well, almost like little, little dungeons unto themselves. So they're not just designed for the shopping session. Entire sessions might, you know, unfold here. The merchant that I wrote, his name is Professor Terence Myron von Kufen, is a magizoologist, an expert in monsters, carving them to pieces and then turning the, their advantages into weapons and magic items that can be used. He has quests where he'll send the party to go and collect specific monster parts to create specific magic items. Okay, one, I love that too. Did you say von Kufen? Von Kufen. Kufen, okay. I thought I heard Von Kupen, and I thought, that's a fantastic pun, and I love it. Still a cool name, still a cool idea. Like, I'm, I'm still sold, but you almost had me, like, hook, line, and sink. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll quickly check with James if there's time for a quick rewrite. I've <laughs> <laughs> got a better idea. <laughs> no, I mean, even, like, that experience, though, is, like, super valuable. The, the idea of, like, I, I go and I hunt all these things or I kill all these things. Like, everybody likes fighting in our tabletop games now maybe not everybody mm. most people here like fighting in our tabletop games we're going to find these fantastic creatures I, I feel like there's been a lot of approaches for like how do i make this valuable and so even like having that shopkeep and even you know using it as it is or being able to build on it but having that core concept ready to go feels really powerful mm. if you own a vehicle with less than two hundred thousand miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all listen up CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. I'm really excited about the art for this. Like l- looking at all of the uh, the Drakenheim art, it's all like very dark, gritty. Really fits that that gritty kind of horror vibe that you're going for. And then mm. Emporium's really like flips that on its head. It's it's like it's cartoony and bright colors. It's <laughs> it's cozy. Like I look at this and like I want to hang out in these shops. I want to meet these characters. I want to go have fun adventures. Like. This feels very tonally different from your usual stuff. Why did you guys go that route? Yeah, I mean, to, to kind of separate it apart, I suppose. I mean, that, the, the art style is all thanks to Ona Christensen, who's our art director on this book. But we have a couple of different art directors that we work with on our different settings. Ona has worked on Grim Hollow, I think more in a, in a kind of individual internal artist capacity. Grim Hollow has been art directed by uh, Suzanne Helmai a lot uh, in the past, but that, you know, those two work very close together as a team on a, a lot of our projects, but each project, you know, the art, especially at Kickstarter, where, you know, you want to invite the potential backers, the, the potential fans of your, of your work into the world. The art is such a strong way to be able to do that when you don't have the whole book ready yet to be able to show them, you know, to give them a taste of like, what this world should feel like or what we envisage it feeling like at your table when you play. Obviously, that will change on each individual group's personal preferences, but, but that art is there to give you uh, an idea as a potential backer, like, do I want this? Does this look cool to me? 
And I also love the way that owner's been man has managed to kind of, even though these are you know vastly different styles of emporium and adventure, you know, uh, Bramble, this high fantasy pixie might not quite exist in a usual Grim Hollow book alongside the Professor Terence Myron von Kufen. <laughs> Pardon me. Um, it's beautiful. <laughs> but, but those two pieces of artwork just work really well next to each other. It's nice to see kind of Grim Hollow getting that translation into a more uh, Seeker's Guide style art style as well. I also love the chibis. The chibis that they've done for the, the four kind of main shopkeepers that we've got so far are adorable. Yeah, and they look great on the pins. Mm. Yeah, in that same vein, let's talk a bit about the team a little bit because you do have some big names working on this project. You mentioned XP to level three and Brune Smith, but also Ginny D, Crit Crab, a bunch of different people. What is, I, I know some of them worked on the first one as well. What's it been like working with those guys again? Has it been kind of a nightmare organizing all of that? Or uh, how, much do they how much do they contribute? And like, what did this kind of, what did the, div the, the deliberation of duties look like? Yeah, gotcha. They, they've been amazing to work with by all, uh, by my understanding. You know, James Hake was the one who kind of worked with them more directly in terms of organizing the, the, the overall book. Mm -hmm. But their creative freedom within each of their emporiums, at least what I had in my experience working with James on The Professor, was basically unhooked. You know, I, I gave him maybe four potential ideas that I had about what I could do for a Grim Hollow traveling trader. And he was like, I really like this one. And then other than that, I was just basically free to do whatever I wanted. And so sprinkled in, you know, the, the Easter eggs for Grim Hollow that I wanted in there. I imagine that was the same experience that Ginny had, that the Dungeon Dudes have. You know, Aldor the Immense is coming again from Drakenheim directly. Uh, so you really are getting their creativity, their ideas in all of their emporiums. And I love Ginny's Emporium as well. I think it's a really clever idea that you have armor that literally like grows on you, you know, or boots that need to be grown out of the ground before you can pull them on. So yeah, it's been a fun process and it's been great getting all those people and different creative voices in there as well. Not a nightmare at all, honestly. I think particularly oh, yeah. because this book is, is somewhat modular, so it's okay the sides of each Emporium don't need to touch each other as much as, you know, if we were doing, you know, a, a more typical adventure module or something like that. But that's again, yeah. uh, James Hake, Sean Merwin's kind of nightmare to deal with at least so far uh, <laughs> in developing our, our content. So when we turn this into like an abandoned suburban mall, we're literally there touching side to side. We've been into one. The nightmare cometh. Okay. That's, that's what I say about Twisted Taverns is that it is genuinely like that perfect book for running the all barred campaign where you're doing a pub crawl and yeah. you've got a gig at each of these like cosmic taverns. I'm not sure if that idea strictly translates to emporiums, but I'm sure there's something, there's some, something in there. Maybe the, the Eldritch Shopping Mall is, is that exact idea. D&D uh, &D Treat Yourself Day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we should have used that for the slogan. Why didn't we, why didn't we have that at the top of the Kickstarter? Well, you, you might have gotten in trouble with, with um, Parks and Rec. That's fair. That one. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I, uh, I parked in the Devil's Parking Lot. The cost of parking is my soul, but if I buy something from every shop, my parking is validated. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. I, is that how you become a warlock? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's that's the classic way. There's alternatives. All right. Hit my local mall. Warlock powers. Got it. 
So essentially, if I understand this correctly, like each contributor was given complete freedom to just write their own Emporium and quests and NPCs related to that Emporium. Is that correct? Basically, yes. We, we had like a stencil of the things that we wanted to go into each Emporium. You know, we wanted new magic items that, that players will never have seen before. Uh, we wanted NPCs and quest hooks in every Emporium. You know, we wanted a, a basic layout of each of the Emporiums. And then the stencils for the traveling traders who kind of a smaller scale because the idea with them is that you just run into them on the road. There was still, you know, a basic template of like, well, we still want a couple of magic items unique to them. We still want some quest hooks that they can give the party to go out. So there was guidelines, I suppose, but definitely your own creative freedom to seed the, the garden, so to speak, but the flower beds were laid out for you. Is that a strained analogy? I'm not sure. No, that makes yeah, sense. So. Landed it. Yeah. So I'd love to talk a little bit about Layers of Atharis being on D&D Beyond. Yeah. Like, this is, this is huge, honestly. I mean, Critical Role has had their stuff on D&D Beyond for a while, but now mm-hmm. you, uh, alongside at the same time, the Dungeon Dudes, their adventure, uh, Ghostfire Games is the first third-party publisher to have one of their products for sale on D&D Beyond. How? How did you make this happen? <laughs> We've been in conversation with Wizards of the Coast kind of throughout 2023, as I'm sure you can imagine. And those conversations have been ever evolving over the last 12 months as we kind of communicate our needs and the needs of the community and they discuss what their needs are. And it it kind of evolved somewhat organically, you know, where they presented the opportunity and we jumped at it. We were like, we've got this perfect little introduction, we think, to Etheris which comes with, you know, a whole bag of monsters. It comes with a little sprinkling of spells and magic items. And it comes with, you know, adventures ready to run within it as well. So if you want a taste of Etheris, but, you're, but you're, your preferred playing space is on D&D Beyond, you know, there, here you go. Take it away, please enjoy. And we're just, you know, that's what the, the thrill is for us, is just getting it in front of more people. And that's the same for Dungeons of Drakenheim, which again, we publish as well, but is the Dungeon Dude's kind of baby, just getting that adventure. And it's a great adventure in front of more people. It's fully integrated with their maps feature as well, which is really cool. So people can just pick up and and play. But of course, the other thing is, you know, you don't have to play it in D&D Beyond, even if you're using it from D&D Beyond. If you've got the stat blocks there, you can still play it in a physical space. If you, you know, whatever your preference happens to be, play entirely online, play in person. It's just about getting it in front of more people. And just for clarification, that is on D&D Beyond right now, or is it going to be released soon? So Layers of Etherus is on D&D Beyond as of this very moment. Uh, oh, wow. Dungeons of Dragonheim, I believe the 21st of December, 2023, if you're listening to this in the far future, uh, <laughs> is when Dungeons of Dragonheim hit stores officially, I believe. But you can go pre-order Dungeons of Dragonheim now. I think it's got even got the pre-order tag on the site. So when that tag's gone, you should be able to just purchase it and play. We'll and if you're thinking you want to do that, there's a link in the show notes right now. You can actually just go click it. It's going to bring you right there. <laughs> so I know this is going to be hard to answer, but with, with your outfit having content on D&D Beyond now, do you think that D&D Beyond is planning to bring more third-party creators into the fold? Are we going to see more third-party content on D&D Beyond in the future? Yeah, we, we really hope so. We don't know. We don't have answers on any conversations that might be happening with, with other businesses because we're not privy to, to have those convers- be part of those conversations. But we really hope so. You know, I, 
really love a lot of monsters from other third party. I'm, as a GM, forever GM, monsters is always my go-to. I love monster manuals. I like a, a Christmas tree with presents under it that are yet to be unwrapped with every page turn. And so I would love to have all those in one place because the search engine on D&D Beyond is really great, you know, for just, all right, I want Celestials. I want them to be between CR this and this. Um, I used to use Cobalt Fight Club for that, but D&D yep. Beyond is also really convenient because the stat blocks are right there. So I would love to have that for, as you know, spells, searching spells. Like, really, for me, uh, as a user, that search engine is kind of the, the most powerful tool I find D&D Beyond has. And so I would love to, for that to include more third-party content so that I'm, I'm not separated from it. So, yeah, we, we don't know what conversations are having, being had with others. We hope to see more of our own content on there as well, although nothing's in stone yet. But, yeah, cross, cross fingers, really. Wait, is, is anything in pudding? Like, what's... <laughs> uh, I, yeah, no That's fine. That's fine. Okay. And just if you need extra encouragement, Watsy, it would go a long way to smoothing over the OGL fiasco. Just saying. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't have to respond to that. It's perfectly fine. Nope. Just a joke. <laughs> um. uh... No, but bigger picture, like, what's next for Ghostfire? What's on the horizon? 2024 is a new year. It's coming. Yeah, it is. Exciting things for us in 2024. We have uh, the next, I believe this has been announced. So if it hasn't, you got an exclusive here, but I'm pretty sure it's been announced. Uh, we do have our first Kickstarter next year. It doesn't have a date yet, but it will be another Drakenheim Kickstarter. So we're looking forward to, to that kind of being our first out of the gate for 2024. Drakenheim's very popular. Folks love it. I love it. And I'm really excited to see what the dudes have hooked up there. Then what else do we have coming? That's kind of all that we have officially, officially announced. We do have more plans for Grim Hollow in 2024. Those are currently being worked on. So there's not much that I can say here about it. But I am personally very thrilled because Grim Hollow is kind of my baby. Uh, I've been calling myself the, I'm not the George Lucas of Grim Hollow. I didn't invent the setting, but I've been calling myself the Dave Filoni of basically as the creative content director, setting the, the, the path forward, so to speak, setting the tone of the setting. And I'm really excited to, to see what will be coming with it. Actually, the one thing I'm really excited for as well is uh, Valakan Clans getting into people's hands. That was a Kickstarter that we did earlier this year that'll be fulfilling in the early parts of next year. And I'm kind of doing a little bit of behind the scenes work on that at the moment. I'm, I'm honestly really looking forward to doing videos on our channel about Valakan clans uh, to, to kind of, as I'm reading through the adventure module, I'm like, oh, I have ideas about like how to expand this out a little bit you know, here and there. So for people looking for that sort of content, hopefully there'll be more of that to come as well. Very cool. All right. Awesome. Ben, thank you so much for being with us tonight. No, thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, where can folks find you on the internet? They can find me every week on the Eldritch Lawcast, which is Ghostfire's podcast, which I do with James Hake, Sean Merwin, and Dale Kingsmill each and every week. You can also find me on Ghostfire Gaming's YouTube channel, which is just Ghostfire. I think it's at Ghostfire Gaming or Ghostfire G. If you just put Ghostfire Gaming in the search engine, you'll find us. Um, uh, and if you want to follow me personally, I don't like do social media a lot a lot but i'm on twitter at the ben burn instagram at the ben burn b-y-r-n-e any of those places come hang out i like talking about dark fantasy and wargaming that's my jam <laughs> if you've enjoyed the show please rate and review us on apple podcast and rate us on spotify or your favorite podcast app it's a quick free way to support the podcast and helps us to reach new listeners you'll find links in the show notes 
You'll find affiliate links for sourcebooks and other materials linked in the show notes, as well as on rpgbot.net. Following these links helps us to make this show happen every week. So you like dark fantasy and wargaming? Oh, yeah, no. the, that's uh, <laughs> a, a lot. A lot came out of my Warhammer 40k days oh, as a teenager. Oh, have you played any of the 40k RPGs? I honestly haven't played anything GW in... Oh, actually, that's a lie. I played a lot of Underworlds. Okay. I loved that that 90-minute chocolatey goodness that was Warhammer Underworlds. Although I haven't played that in about two, three years, and I know they've changed the rules quite a lot. Yeah. But these days, just to get a break from kind of fantasy specifically, I play uh, Infinity, which is a war game by Corvus Belli. Okay which is strategically you finish every game with a headache because it's a very, <laughs> very crunchy, really very technically. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're doing, oh, no, you're, you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 big, uh, the big mechanic is the, the reaction mechanic. So if like you run out in front of an enemy dude, they can shoot at you even if it's not their turn. So it, it leads to really tense kind of firefight plays where you're trying to figure out how to maneuver up the back alleys without getting shot at and sneaking up on dudes. So, yeah, it's, it's a good game. I like it. I haven't won a... I've lost, like, the last 14 games of it I've played because I'm a dumbass, but... Uh, um, I feel that. I mean, that sounds I was big into... I was big into Warhammer Fantasy when I was a kid, and I was not good at it. It's <laughs> <laughs> just always lost. Yeah, I'm, I'm always looking for sort of a smaller-scale Star War games. There was one, I'm not going to remember the name of it, but Miniac did a video about it, I want to say, like, six or 12 months ago. And it was just played on, like, a 4 by 4 uh, No, smaller, like a 2 by 2 Interesting. Um, oh. With cards, like a deck of cards as the uh, mechanic instead of rolling dice. Um, and so anything that I can play, this is, is why I like Phoenix? Underworld. Phoenix Commander? Nah, it's called, like, uh, it's, it's got a... It's not... Because this is a role-playing game. It's not Zweihander, but it's a name kind of like that. It's kind okay. of like this this European. Oh, standard. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I don't remember the name yeah. either. It's a it's a miniatures agnostic game. So the idea is you can it, it's just a rule book, but you can bring anything uh, that you want to it in terms of GW or D and D. You know, wherever <laughs> you get your miniatures from. Legos. Uh, <laughs> Legos. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Since you like. Uh, each other. Arms everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Since you like Dark Fantasy, these two are probably going to sell you on Mark Borg. They really like it. <laughs> Mark Borg's pretty great. Yeah, I, I, I've been like meaning to, to try Mork Borg for a little bit. Mork Borg, the other one that people keep telling me to try is Shadow Dark, which I think oh, 100% yeah, actually, this year. Yeah, Shadow Dark. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, I mean, we've gotten to hang out with the creator, Kelsey. She is just absolutely a wonderful oh, person. Right. and She's oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the game just it, the, it plays real good. It's a great game. It, and I'll say like that mechanic to like take that mechanic everywhere you go. You you limited carrying capacity, and it's gonna get darker. When things get dark, it's gonna get spicy. Party on! <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think, yeah. No, we've had a we've had like three or four people either in the comments or via email ask us to talk about it on the lawcast, and it's just a matter of like I'm sorry, I just don't think any of us have played it to be able to, <laughs> which has never stopped us before, for the record, talking about like Pathfinder or something. But, um, well, but yeah, more Pork and Shadow oh. Dark. Is, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think we can call it there, folks. Ben, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a ton of fun. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Anytime uh, you want to have me back, I would love yeah, to. Yeah, next time you guys have a um, Kickstarter, let us know. We can probably have you back on time to, you know, celebrate the launch instead of talking about it what two three weeks in 
Yeah, I think there's 10 days left at time of recording. Yeah. So still time to jump on in if folks want to get their enchanting emporium. Well, hey, you've um, hit 22 times your goal. So I think you still did okay without us. <laughs> yeah, look, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, what's, yep. How about 25? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're gunning for MCDM uh, numbers here. <laughs> nice.